Psalm 118, when you get to this chapter, stuck between the shortest chapter, Psalm 117, and the longest chapter, Psalm 119, stuck between these two chapters in the Bible, Psalm 117, the shortest, Psalm 119, the longest, is a great psalm of thanksgiving. I'm not going to take time to read this whole passage. I'm going to read a few verses down here in just a second. Uh, now, historians will tell you that this was probably a psalm of David, and some historians will tell you that it may have been a psalm written by Solomon at the laying of the cornerstone of the temple. And uh, you talk about, you see the tabernacle and the temple in this passage, and we'll read a few verses, but whoever wrote it, praise God, they were magnifying the goodness of God, the greatness of Christ, and the great God we serve and giving thanks and when you get down to verse 14, verse 14, I love this verse, but several in here with it. Psalm 118, verse number 14, the psalmist says, The Lord is my strength and song and is become my salvation. I like this verse because as a preacher, a long time ago, Brother Steve, the Holy Spirit inspired the psalmist to alliterate. I love the Lord. The Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. Now watch verse 15. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. I don't have time to preach that. I might be preaching that soon to the young people. The voice of rejoicing. Now get this. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. There is much rejoicing living in righteousness. There is the joy of salvation living in righteousness. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. I just want to emphasize that a second. Now get this part. This is where we're going to head tonight. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord, again, doeth valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Three times... In these two verses, 15 and 16, we see the psalmist talk about the right hand of the Lord. Twice he says, it doth valiantly, and once he says, it is exalted. You can look through the scriptures, and teenagers, when we get through with Ephesians 6 and the armor of God, we're probably going to head here, if God will let me. Look through the scriptures, you can find... Many, many verses on the hand of the Lord. I began to look through my phone the other day. Uh, I didn't have my computer at the house. Sometimes I take it home, sometimes I leave it here. And I didn't have my computer, so I'm going through my phone and looking up words in my little Bible app. And uh, yes, it is worth having. I, I think you ought to bring a Bible to church. Amen. Uh, but the Bible app is a good thing to have. I listen to it a lot on my way to work here many days. And uh, but I was looking at my Bible app and I started looking up these phrases, hand of the Lord, hand, hand of God, 
And all through the scriptures, you find different phrases concerning the hand of God. You will find the hand of the Lord found 39 times in the scriptures. David said in 2 Samuel 24, 14, it's a hand of mercy. And David said unto God, I am in a great strait. Let us fall now into the hand of the Lord. For his mercies are great, and let me not fall into the hand of man. Aren't you glad for the merciful hand of the Lord? I'm glad God's merciful because if God wasn't merciful, I know myself, I I should have been in hell a long time ago. But brother Daniel, the Lord is merciful. And the hand of the Lord is merciful. And I thank God that he is uh, long-suffering and great in his mercy. When I'm not, I'm not a good father. There were many days I wasn't merciful. There were many days I believed that the rod of correction will drive foolishness far from them. And I tried my best some days, didn't I, Landon? Amen. Uh, Spencer can tell you a story about a time dad threatened to whoop him 12 times, and I never did that. I never whooped my boys that many times. Uh, I'll not go there, I think. About two or three swats done the right way works. I never, but he says I threatened him 12 times. There wasn't a lot of mercy. Whatever night I said that, there wasn't a lot of mercy there. But the Lord is merciful. I'm sure glad he's never said to me, let's go behind this woodshed and I'm going to whoop you 12 times. He's great in mercy. The hand of the Lord is merciful. Ezra said in Ezra 7, 28, and I was strengthened. As the hand of the Lord my God was upon me, and I gathered together out of Israel chief men to go up with me, he said, the hand of the Lord is a strengthening hand. Well, I'm glad for that. In the days that I'm weak, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. The hand of the Lord is a strengthening hand. Solomon said that it's a hand that holds the king's heart. Proverbs 21.1, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. It's a mighty big hand. You find all through the scriptures, the hand of the Lord. You find the hand of God 16 times in the scriptures. You find the words mighty hand 17 times in the scriptures. Joshua 4.22, then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land, for the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord that it is mighty. The mighty hand of God. You find the term strong hand ten times in the scriptures. It is a strong hand that is conquering. Exodus fifteen six. The right hand, thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. I'm glad God has a conquering hand. Now, let's just be honest a minute. Has anybody ever been like Tom Allen and got down by your bed and said, Now, Lord, you know so-and-so, they really didn't treat me right. And I need some victory here. And normally, I'm looking for the Lord to do something in them. But thanks be to God, Raymond, the conquering hand of God usually does something in me. I'm glad there's a conquering hand. It's a holding hand. Psalm 139.10, if I take the wings of the morning 
and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea. Even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. It's a holding hand. I'm glad I'm in the hand of the Lord. I'm glad that no man can pluck me out of that hand. Psalm 63, 8, my soul followeth hard after thee, thy right hand upholdeth me. You find that term right hand over and over and over through the scriptures. You say, Brother Tom, why do you think that's true? Well, I know a lot of Bible scholars and, and uh, people I read behind say, well, the right hand was the strong arm. That's the strong hand and the strong arm because most people are right-handed and left-handed people are geniuses. But most people that are normal are right-handed. And that's the strong arm, but, and I know that is implied here, but I think all through the scriptures myself, I think that when the Lord speaks of the right hand, brother Earl, I think he's speaking of the right hand of the throne of God, which is Jesus Christ. And that's the one that's been given all power and all authority and a name above all names. And that right hand in your life and mine is the hand The unseen hand, thank you, Brother Jerry, the unseen hand that moves where you can't move and works where you can't work. Here in the text of Psalm 118, we find that it's a superior hand that is exalted and it's a steadfast hand that is valiant. And I just want to take a few minutes, uh, and I need to hurry because we sung a lot, but it's Sunday night and there's not a good NFL game on and Georgia played yesterday and... Alabama escaped, and Tennessee had to make their name known again. So since it's Sunday night, let's just take a little time and a few minutes, and y'all walk with me through the Scriptures. Just walk with me through the Scriptures, and I want to see the hand of God. And I want us to see the hand of God moving and working through the Scriptures and what the hand of God is. When I think about the hand of God, man, we think, Brother Daniel, I think about strength. I think about power. I think about provision. I think about the works of God in his hand and how he moved. He opened a Red Sea and I'll not get ahead of myself. But can I remind you just, just, just one point like this and then the rest is really good. But can I remind you that the hand of the Lord sometimes, number one, it's a trying hand. Job said, the gospel of Job and I like how the Lord set all this up. This has been in my heart ever since Brother Joe preached last Sunday, and it, it just got bigger and bigger this week. And then I watched Brother Joe's sermon again a couple times and kept getting bigger and bigger. And I was thinking about this, the hand of the Lord. Job said, now, now Mrs. Job has come. Brother Shane, Mrs. Job has come and looked at Job and said, you don't deserve this, Job. Why is God doing this to us? Anybody ever done that? Why is God doing this to us? Man, everything's great. Bills are paid. Got some savings. Everything looks good. God, why do I have to go to the hospital and have a heart procedure? Lord, why did my wife have to crack a tooth on popcorn and have a root canal? God, why did my car, the timing belt, have to quit? And, and Honda Accord, 2014 Honda Accord has an issue they couldn't find one for my car. God, why am I going through this? Job, you don't deserve this. Why are we going through this? Job says, he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. And he didn't call his wife a fool. He said, you're speaking like the heathen women out there speak. They don't know God. 
You're speaking like one that doesn't know God. Now, now get this. What shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? And in all this, did Job sin not with his lips? Job 12, 9, Job said, who knoweth? Oh boy, I wish I could be like Job. Job looks at his friends and he says, who knoweth? Who knoweth not in all these that the hand of the Lord hath wrought this? Hey, it's a mighty hand. It's a good hand. Sometimes it's a trying hand. And sometimes God puts us through the trying test. The trying of your faith worketh patience. My brethren, James, the amen. The Solomon of the New Testament, James said, My brethren, count it all joy. When you're walking through the trial, when you're walking through the testing, when you're walking through the fire, count it all joy. Brother Tom, that's hard to do, I know. It's one of them verses I don't like. But we learn to live it in the grace of God. Because the hand of the Lord, sometimes it's a trying hand. Sometimes God's working for your profit. The trying of your faith worketh patience. And let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect, mature, complete, and entire, wanting nothing. The trying hand of the Lord. You say, Brother Tom, that's not fun. No, it's not. But thank God for the trying hand that grows our faith. That grows our trust in the Lord. The trying hand of God. But the trying hand of God that teaches us to trust. And teaches us to grow in faith. The trying hand of God lets us see that it's also, number two, a tremendous hand. A tremendous hand. Isaiah 59, 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. The Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. Really, we can, we can look at that and say it's a powerful hand. A tremendously powerful hand. Now, I don't think in this realm, Raymond, on this side of eternity, we'll never fully comprehend what that powerful hand of God can do. Your finite mind can't comprehend the powerful hand of God. And if I get stuck here, we'll be here for a while. But I have this little mind that's very imaginative. And when I think about the powerful hand of God, I think about creation. And to think about the God that laid out this universe and created it. How powerful it is and how strong it is. This is what Isaiah had to say about it. Isaiah 40 verse 10. Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand. And his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. Who hath measured out the waters in the hollow of his hand. And meted out the heaven with the span, and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains and scales and the hills in a balance. That's how strong the hand of God is. 
Now, I try to think about the vast galaxies of this universe and what God did when he meted it out and how God measured out the waters of the earth. I heard somebody try to tell how how many gallons of water are upon the earth and under the earth in springs. And if I remember right, it was 1.4 with 21 zeros behind it. And if, if I'm not mistaken, that's quadrillion gallons of water. And this strong hand, this strong hand, the Bible says Isaiah bragged on this strong hand, Daniel, and said this strong hand measured it out in the hollow of his hand. Did you know, I did find this out this week, I did search this out. Did you know that in the hollow of your hand, the average man, my hand's not big, Big John, he's got a pretty big size hand. Every time he shakes my hand, it's like he wraps it around my hand like four times. Brother John, if you were to cup your hand in the hollow of your hand, run it under a faucet, did you know you can only hold one tablespoon of water in the hollow of your hand? One tablespoon of water. And he measured out quadrillion gallons. That blows my mind. That's a mighty big hand. The Bible says he meted out the heavens with the span. Now, if you know horses, you know what a span is. A span is basically the size of a man's hand from his thumb to his pinky. Any y'all old-timers ever remember your dad measuring something? Sometimes he'd get out the tape measure and he'd measure it, and then sometimes dad would go, What you doing, dad? I'm measuring it. Yeah, about like that. Brother Steve, that's what God did. He said, there's the heavens. About that. Not talking about your hand, Raymond. We're talking about the hand of the Lord. Meted it out with the span, Daniel. Across the galaxies. And then the Bible says, the Bible says he weighed the mountains in a scale. And I might stop here in a minute. Raymond, come help me again. He helped me Wednesday night. Bible says he weighed out the mountains in a scale. Weighed out the mountains in a scale. Raymond, help me weigh my Bible out in a scale. He weighed out the mountains in a scale. But Don, what'd he do? What did he do to weigh out that Bible in the scale? Come on, help me now. He picked it up. Bible says he weighed out the mountains in the scale. There's your mountain. Tallest one we know is Mount Everest, I think. The Bible says he weighed it out in the scale. That means that the strong hand picked that mountain up. You say he did not. He said, if you have faith, he'll move it. Faith of a mustard seed. What's your mountain? What's your mountain? What's your mountain? What is your mountain? Because a strong hand knows how to. He knows how to move it. It's a strong hand. 
tremendously, thank you, Raymond. It's a tremendously strong hand. Let me hurry. Y'all want to go home. It's a transferring hand. Transferring hand. You say, what does that mean? Providing. Psalm 104. These wait all upon thee, that thou mayest give them their meat in due season, that thou givest them they gather, thou openest thine hand, they are filled with good. Thou openest thy hand, your hand, Lord, Lord, your hand is filled, Brother Don, with good. I mean, it's, it's, it's the hand that says, here I have it, and I'm going to transfer it to you. Hey, children, y'all are wandering out there, and you need some water. There it is. I'll just transfer it to you. You want some bread? I'll just transfer it to you. My hand is full of good. There it is. I'll just transfer my goodness to you. Every, every provision that you ever need, he's met it. I have never seen the righteous, the psalmist said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Miss Kathy, I got to meet your mama. I never got to meet your daddy. But the way Brother Joe talks about your daddy, he was a man of God. He lived for God. And I'm just stating testimony from my pastor. How many of y'all in here had, had a mom and dad that just lived for God? And as a young one, you never saw the righteous forsaken. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Now, get the last part of this verse. Johnny Pope helped me and my wife with this a few years ago uh, down at Pensacola, and we wept like babies. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Everybody had a mom and daddy that was righteous. Raise your hand. The psalmist said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, comma, nor his seed begging bread. You know whose seed that is? We tend to think it's the seed of God, but you deal in context with the seed of the righteous. Miss Kathy, you ever have to beg for bread? No, the seed of the righteous is never baked for bread. Brother Jerry, you had a daddy that lived for God. He was righteous. You ever had to beg for bread? Yeah. Seed of the righteous don't beg for bread. Did y'all know? Did y'all know? Johnny Pope helped me with this. When Beth and I, and I'll just, I'm just going to be honest and open here. A couple years ago, Beth and I were praying and wondering, we were Lord, now it's our boys are really supposed to take this secular job of course, he's supposed to teach in Christian school. I mean, he's supposed to be in ministry. God, my son's supposed to be in ministry. Lord, my son should follow me. He should be in ministry. Lord, is my son really supposed to be in a secular job? Uh, and somebody came and asked me two years ago, is your son really going to take a secular job for money and not teach? You ever want to know the story? Come talk to me. Me and Beth sit down and tell you the story and how all this worked out. But we're sitting down at Pensacola. And I'm on a rabbit trail and I know it, but I'm just enjoying the hand of the Lord working in my family's life. Dr. Johnny Pope got on that verse, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. And he said, I come this morning to tell one of you youth workers, God knows what's going on in your life. And did y'all know 
that there are a ton of millionaires in America whose moms and dads were in Christian service. And it may very well be that God's putting your son in a good job making money so he can take care of the church down the road. I jumped up at Pensacola Christian College. And some of y'all know what you're supposed to do down there. Woo! I jumped up at Pensacola Christian College and went, Woo! And Dr. Johnny Pope looked at me and said, Was that for you, Brother Tom? I said, Yes, sir. I'll tell you in a minute. Because it's a transferring hand that has everything you need. And all he wants to do, glory to God, hallelujah, Brother Steve, all he wants to do is open his hand and pour out good. It's a tremendous hand. It's a transferring hand. It's a tending hand. Let me hurry. Psalm 10. And he saved them from the hand of him that hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. It is a tending hand, a protecting hand upon your life and mine to protect us from the onslaught of the devil. Thank God there's an unseen hand that covers you and covers me and tends to our needs. It's a hand that protected three Hebrew boys in a fiery furnace. I don't know how it all happened. When we get to heaven, we're going to watch it on the big screen on the cloud. And it would not surprise me at all, Brother Gerald, to find out where the king only saw four men. Wouldn't surprise me at all if we get to heaven, Brother Earl, and on the big screen, we see a tending hand. Just walk, boys. The hand is around us. The hand is all around us. Protecting them boys down in the fiery furnace. Protecting them from the consuming flames. Protected Israel from the corrupting enemies. Protected Noah from the crashing floods. There is an unseen hand that tends to every need, tends to every care, tends to every attack. Oh man, praise God. I think when we get to heaven, it's going to take uh, through the eternal ages, Brother Dustin, to see every time the hand of God got around your family. And y'all ever been riding down the road and, and some foolish person, idiot, decides... That's a good spot for them to put their car. And have you ever in your life thought, oh God, please stop this car. And you're pressing as hard as you can. God, please stop this car. I think eternity's long because we're going to get a lot of times to see every time that the tending hand of God wrapped your family up. And God said, not this time. The tending hand of God, the timely hand of God, Psalm 139, 5, Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Now I'm going to try not to get too happy here and get too excited. But I thank God for the timely hand in my life. 
two weeks from now, babe, two weeks from now, 18 years ago, Thanksgiving weekend, Brother Steve, Thanksgiving weekend, 2004. Our life blew up, Brother Daniel. And the church we were at, there was a situation. Sunday before, no, Sunday before Thanksgiving. Sunday before Thanksgiving, our pastor calls me. Saturday night, Brother Tom, I'm sick. You got to preach in the morning. So okay. Be ready. Preach that morning. Went to best granny's to eat lunch. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for granny. Hallelujah. Green beans, mashed taters. Hallelujah. Amen. Sidetrack, I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm headed and I, I said, babe, I need to call and find out if he's going to preach tonight. And I called and I said, you going to preach tonight? He, no, no, you be ready tonight. And it was on that night, Brother Daniel, that everything blew up in our life. And long story short, pastor resigned. I'm sitting on the front row. Pastor stands up and resigns. It was ugly. And I'm sitting there and I'm just going... The chairman of the deacons goes, you got to get up there. You got to get up there. And the pastor resigned, walked his family out the door, Brother Daniel, and I'm sitting there going, you got to get up there. And I got up there. And for four and a half months, Brother Gerald, four and a half months, pastor that little church, and honest before God, Brother Earl, I thought, man, I'm going to pastor this church. God's going to give me this church. Dream of my life. God's going to do this for me. Brother Jerry, four and a half months. I mean, they didn't go looking for nobody. But little did I know what God was doing, Brother Earl. And little did I know. Hallelujah. Last Last Monday night of February 2005, Brother Joe passed through our town. And he did a little meeting. And the church he preached at, the pastor called me that day and he said, Will you come lead my music? My son-in-law's not here tonight. Will you lead my I said, Yeah, man, I'll come lead your music. I went and led the music, listened to Brother Joe. After service, I got to go eat with Brother Joe. Thrill of my life. I mean, I was a young man. Got to be with Brother Joe Arthur. We sat down and talked and ate and fellowship and I left and lo and behold that night it snowed. We went to school late. You say, where are you going? I'm talking about a timely hand. Got the, got the call. Hey, we're delayed. It snowed. I said, okay, good. Went to school that day on, on delay and I hated delays because your class schedule's messed up and then the last period of the day, in the last period of the day on delays, I had to deal with 6th and 7th graders for a study hall. Dear God, 6th graders and 7th they, they ain't changed. They ain't changed. Not at all. They ain't changed. They just... And I'm sitting in this study hall. Oh, glory to God, Raymond. I'm sitting in the study hall. And a little phone rings in that room. And I said, yeah. Brother Robert goes, you got to come down here to the office. And I said, okay. Hurry up. Come down to the office. I need you. I said, okay. So I looked at them sixth and seventh graders. I said, if y'all move, one of you's getting attention. And I went down to the office and I, and I'm thinking, I wrote the, I did their office work. I wrote the bills, did the payroll. I did everything. We're good. I walked to the office and brother Robert goes, go to the back office. 
Yeah, that's what I said. Who said that? I said, now I wrote the bills and I made the payroll and I made the deposit and I have not done anything stupid in the last few days. Why am I going to the back office? I said, okay, Brother Robert. Walked in the back office and there sat Joe Arthur. And he goes, sit down, boy. Yes, sir. What you want, Brother Joe? I enjoyed last night. I enjoyed fellowshipping and eating. He goes, hey, man, I was talking to Brother Robert. And and I need a youth man and I need an associate. And Brother Robert told me to talk to you. Long story short, there was the timely hand, Brother Earl. There was the timely, providential hand of God walking me through four months of my life that I didn't know what I was doing. And I didn't know what God was doing. But Brother Jerry... That unseen hand knew exactly what he was doing and brought us all the way down here in his good providence and his good grace. You say, how good was it? About three months before that, Brother Earl, about three months before that, Brother Robert, one day, he was the administrator of school that we taught at. He goes, Brother Tom, you ever thought about moving back home? You ever thought about going back to Atlanta? And honestly, I looked at him and I said, no, Brother Robert, I like North Carolina. I like the mountains. I like cool weather. I like snow. I like being up here. I'm not going back to Atlanta. And I looked at him and I said, Brother Robert, if God ever moves me back to Atlanta, he'll pack a truck. And we had been down here three or four times that spring of 2005, Brother Wade. And one weekend we were down here, we went to eat fish with Brother Joe and Miss Julie, and then we went to Brother Joe's house over in Hampton, and we're sitting around that piano playing and singing. And I, I looked at Beth, I said, baby, if all this is in God's hands, you know we're going to have to move a piano down here. Honest before God. Brother Jim, honest before God. Brother Joe looked at me, he goes, son, you ain't going to have to move a thing. We're going to hire a moving company. You're not going to have to do a thing. My wife looked up at me sitting in y'all's house, Miss Julie, and she said, he knows how to pack a truck, don't he? I thank God for the timely hand. I thank God for his providing hand. I thank God for every work that he's done in my life. But most of all, most of all, I didn't mean to preach this long, y'all really didn't, but I've enjoyed myself. I thank God for the strong hand, the mighty hand, the helping hand, the providing hand, the timely hand, God's providential hand. But most of all, Brother Don, I want to thank God for the totally inclusive hands that said, come unto me. And on a hill far away, long ago, preacher, he invited the world with his inclusive hands. And he said, you're welcome. Come unto me, all ye that labor. And those pierced hands invited the whole world. 
Aren't you glad there's an unseen hand? And he wants to work in your life. I don't understand it, Brother Tom. I don't see what God's doing. I don't either. But he knows what he's doing. And his hand is guiding you. And his hand is leading you. And all he asks us to do is trust.